0: This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. From November 24th through November 28th, you can save 30% by using code EMPIRE30. That's EMPIRE, all caps, and the number 30. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting or you can click on the link in the show notes below we'd love for you to join the southern ground hunting community today again that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting you can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on itunes it helps more than you know and we greatly appreciate it and now let's get to the show welcome back to the southern ground hunting podcast i have been really really excited about this conversation this week um we have got a uh just an absolute stone cold killer from tennessee mr matt powell how's it going matt
0: how's it going that's good awesome wet and depressed that deer season's over with pretty much unless i travel way south so kentucky closed this past monday and i've had a some friends hunting my farms in kentucky i was already tagged out but so i was living vicariously through them so <laughs> but now the weekend's come and there's nothing to even look forward to but rain man i
1: i hear that but um i haven't got to hunt a whole lot this this past week or this past month really i've got to hunt a little bit but uh not not a ton but here in alabama of course we're going till uh, february the 10th is what we've got so dude you can always just yeah. grab you an, an out-of-state tag <laughs> and uh come down and kill your three bucks real quick and and call it a trip man it seems like you could (laughs) probably do that
0: yeah i'm i'm i've been debating it i've been have i've had some i got a buddy that lives in north florida who's trying he he hunts both and he's been on me last he's on me last night about coming and hunting so i've hunted alabama once years ago but it was just to shoot deer with guns it was nothing serious so Hey man, I'd well, have to shooting, deer, major shooting deer to with it. guns
1: is, is serious business out here like that's that's a that's yeah a yeah good time.
0: Could, it's the same thing in tennessee it's a it's a it's a, a whack and stack type mentality up here for sure well so for sure
1: so uh, i don't know i don't know man i think uh i think i'm just as okay with you not coming down to alabama and not making all of us feel like crap because you could probably tag out so quick and we'd be sitting here with Three tags in our pockets, not knowing what to do, and here you come from Tennessee, just tagging out real quick. So, um, and I just win one. I just, I just need one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> got to get something over on y'all. I can't get no football wins. So, no, that you know. well, that's definitely true. Uh, but, uh <laughs> but so, so Matt, you are. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of became familiar with you through uh, a previous guest on our show who came on last year uh, named Ben and you know ben is uh he talked about the bow hunting league and things like that and that's something that you're a pretty big part of um why don't you talk about that for just a second it really seemed like you guys skyrocketed this year with the bow hunting league
0: yeah i mean we grew like 130 or 40 percent something like that you know uh sponsorships are hitting along the way and as far as sponsorships we're not talking about sponsorships for ourselves this is all gear that's donated back to our hunters in the league it's it's a three team uh three-man team set up uh, and it's your gross deer your three gr- biggest gross deer it's going to actually change a little bit next year we ain't going to have those bonus deer okay. but that little hint for the insiders but it it's a lot of fun uh the main thing we get out of is we get to see all these big deer killed by normal guys like us instead of you know the the TV hunters that everybody's kind of get a little resentment against. It seems like here lately people just don't like seeing people sitting in a box, you know, that have no idea what they're doing, shoot a big deer. You know, that's just, yeah, it's almost not hunting to me anymore, but, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we, we're hoping for some more growth, get some sponsorship talks, you know, be able to get some big prizes away this year. And, uh, it's really cool. It's just a lot of fun, a lot of networking and get to meet guys like you and, just just a lot of fun man that's cool
1: that's really cool I've I've uh, I was part of the league this year um of course I kind of suck at it but uh um man it, it is <laughs> it is really cool so
0: hey, we're not doing for good ourselves uh, I mean, hey. we you know it, it takes the whole team you know it's not a yep. not an individual player thing so. absolutely but we got yeah. one guy who hasn't let an arrow go yet so. really wow so yeah the thing he's, that He's
1: still got a little time. He's in Ohio, so we shall see. Okay, cool. So we the thing that I noticed about this this whole group, and it's a group that's on Facebook, and uh, it can it's kind of a kind of a competition, but more really of a camaraderie type thing. Um, but what I mm-hmm. notice is that on that group, some of these guys are are killing some of the biggest deer that I see get killed all season long. Like these guys are serious, yeah. about bow hunting,
0: and you don't see them on like you don't see them on other places either right you know these are guys that they they highlight their deer on on our league and that's kind of it they don't you know you know how they always say the biggest deer aren't they don't show them in the magazine you know type thing and it's oh, true yeah. there's a lot of giants killed that you know people don't want that attention you know it's mm-hmm. and it's understandable this you know it you can lose places just as easily you get too many people yeah trying to get in on a place and because of where a deer used to live, you know. So, yeah, so. I
1: mean and it's it's just really cool. I remember last year, so right after right after my conversation with Ben when he was on the podcast, I joined the league and uh joined the group and things like that. And um man, I just remember I mean, it didn't take long and there was just several two hundred plus inch deer that got killed. Yeah, we in had four last year. That is crazy.
0: crazy. It's insane, man. I, um, it's just it's I think just... we've got two or three, two for sure that I can remember right now. Ben, Ben, he's all over that statistics, all the data type stuff. He he remembers all that. But I think we've got three right now, over two hundred in there. And I I know my guy in Ohio, he's chasing one that would scare it. So I'm hoping Man. he does something. But you know, that's like like me and Ben say, it's an absolute miracle if we win our own own competition because it's just. Stone cold killer after stone cold killer. I mean, you know, you, you think Bill Winky's somebody until you see some of these guys' profile pictures and stuff. And yeah. Like, they kill mega, you know, 180, 200
1: every year like it's nothing. Yeah. And and but. the crazy thing is a lot of these guys are killing these deer on
0: public land. A lot of these real big deer are getting there's killed some on public. There's giants killed on There's some giants killed on public. That's, that's my, like... You know, I may never achieve it, but that's like my next major accomplishment. You know, I've killed killed a booner, you know, I've killed some you know, a lot of big deer, you know, I've killed several popes on I mean big pokes, one fifty type popes on public, you know. I'm like that's the next you know, i I'm I'm successful type thing I wanna do is kill a gross boon on public. But Man. it may never happen. I've never seen one on public, so you know, <laughs> my <laughs> odds aren't real high. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> so so i've got a question on on that so you hunt a lot of states and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the states that you hunted this year and some of the bucks that you killed but if you had to if you had to guess um you know if this if this goal were to happen if you were to kill that booner on public land um with your bow what state would you just if you just had to throw one out there that you said that's my best opportunity where would it be at
0: uh indiana indiana and not because i think there's more big deer there it's just because that's where i know more public ground that's yeah. where i spend more more time on public if that, that makes sense you know yeah, you only absolutely. hunt public you know occasionally in another state you know your chances aren't very high there but you know i i, I know some really great places and i find new great places every year and that's just where I spend a lot of time on public is up there.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's now that's where Ben lives, correct? That's where Ben lives. He, yeah, they, him and his wife moved up there after college, and they both work in Central Indiana. And me and Ben have been friends since we were in elementary school. So, you know, that's kind of my base of operations. If I'm going to be in up in the Midwest, would be out of his
1: house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a uh,
0: that's cool. I've that's a uh, one of the states. That, that's a huge. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, you know, everybody's, that's the only way I can, you know, do what I do is, uh, you know, sleep on people's couches and, you know, eat their food and use their water and, you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, most guys can't go out and use an outfitter in four different states or anything like that. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, some can't afford it, but, you know, just yeah, not average being an average hunter, you've got a network and you know find people to to hunt
1: with you know yeah and and we talk about this a lot i talk about it a lot on the show is i mean most of the guys that are um killing big bucks like yourself like ben like other people that we've talked to i mean this is a huge (laughs) priority for them like it's not like you guys are going out and being like okay you know deer season's here i guess i gotta start thinking about deer hunting like this is a a 365 oh, yeah. type thing for you and so you're making these plans and and you're networking like you said with people who um who can you know be a resource for you to be able to go out and and go and do that you know on a oh yeah on a pretty cheap a pretty cheap trip you know you can go out and hunt public land and sleep on somebody's couch for basically the cost of food which you would already be buying yeah, if you were sitting out there you know
0: basically you know yeah And so it's it's And I mean that that's you know, in our networking thing, it's the whole birds of a feather, you know. You're you're wanting to hunt with people who are just as crazy as you are, you know, get up at two o'clock in the morning and drive an hour and then walk two hours in the dark. You know, I mean it's and those people are tough to find. One of Yeah, I mean one of mine and Ben's favorite places, and I mean we dress just basically in clothes we take off and put in Sentlop bag because they're soaking wet when we get to the tree. Like, it's as hard as we could walk an hour and 46 minutes, you know, to get there. I mean, just, and it's just, and it. it's just so rewarding when you kill a deer like that, you know, on public, that anybody else can go hunt. You know, even guys gun hunting, you know, they can walk in there and accidentally kick that deer up and kill him. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, and that's the
1: thing I, cool. that's what I love about public land is, you know, it is, it's a, it's a equal opportunity place you know i had a conversation with somebody like about this today it's an equal opportunity place anybody can go in and do that anybody can go in and kill a big buck if they put the right amount of time and and work into learning deer behavior and learning you know spots and scouting and aerial scouting and things like that people can can go out and do that your average guy can go out and kill a big buck and not have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to go and do that and and you know you got guys mm-hmm. like like yourself who are going out and doing it multiple times a year, and and that's just really cool to see. And and you're killing bigger bucks than a lot of people who are going out and spending you know tens of thousands of dollars to go and kill bucks. And you're yeah, doing it
0: yeah and stuff. Yeah, no doubt. And you're out there doing it. I just I think mean, that's, that's a cool. big thing. You, yeah, that's a huge part of you talking about the drive. You know, I mean, and a lot of people try to. <laughs> you know, compare themselves and stuff like that. It's, 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 you can't do that. You know, everybody doesn't have the same desires or the same abilities or not abilities. Everybody has the same abilities when it comes to hunting. It's a time thing, a lot of it, uh, and an experience thing, but a lot of people don't have the same freedom, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. to to go like that. They have the, the, you know, the demanding job, you know, demanding wife, you know, however you want to put it, you know, they don't have that (laughs) time, but it, it all comes down to time, man. I mean, it's, If you don't have the time, you cannot expect to kill the deer that, you know, somebody like I kill every year. I mean, it just,
1: not going to happen. That's, that's true. That's true. And I, I, uh, you know, I've noticed the thing about one of the great things about social media and, and groups like the bow hunting league that you're a part of, that you helped start, um, groups like that. It really is a good way to connect with like-minded people because, I mean, I know for me, I, there are very few people here where I live who are willing to get up at 1.30 in the morning and drive out to a piece of public and kayak in the 20-degree weather to go and kill a buck, or maybe kill a buck, maybe not see anything. There's just not very many people oh, yeah. Yeah. that mean, are willing to do that. And and your, and your groups,
0: go ahead. It's just totally, and that thing is everybody doesn't have it, and most people never will. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that, it's that grr, that go factor that I just wonder what's over there. You know, what, what could be in the next, next hauler, the next, around the next bend of the river, you know, whatever it's, you know, a lot of people just never have that. I mean, that's fine too. You know, yeah. you sit in granddaddy's 40 acres and shoot a six point every year. That's your right. You know, that's perfectly fine. I don't judge anybody for doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm me and Ben spent five hours this past weekend making sausage we made a huge pile of uh breakfast sausage stuff and that that's you know i love seeing the antlers but man i there's just no measuring when it comes to eating it i mean i just just no measure fresh finishing is just amazing oh yeah yeah i love it
1: and man it's just it's just really neat even me being able to connect with you and uh and so many people who have been on the podcast has come from you know, just social media groups seeing people that are like-minded that um, have the drive and they're able to go out and get it done every single year, and and I just think that's cool. So, so you were you, we kind of have hinted that you had a just a absolutely just balling season this year. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think that might be the first time I've used my the highest, highest
0: average year I've had for sure. Yeah, I've killed more bucks in a year, but my average is the highest average per buck i've ever had so, so we don't Pretty talk
1: awesome. we don't talk about score just an absolute ton on this podcast you know we not for any reason other than we don't shoot a whole lot of high scoring deer but um but you you mentioned yeah, you out I mean, a number y'all that, are just so far south you're not
0: yeah sure not not in you're not you know you can't well I that's mean, it, that's
1: what we'll tell it, everybody uh, anyways it's our region right <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that's a lot of it. I mean there's no doubt it is. I mean you can just the 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 scorebooks don't don't lie. History doesn't lie. You know, you can't kill what's not there. I mean, right. you, you just cannot kill what's not there. It's just not possible. Yeah. You know, so. so so we don't we don't talk about it a lot,
1: but you threw out a number um the other day whenever I was kind of chatting with you on Facebook, um you threw out a number <laughs> about your total inches this year. Can you uh can you tell us what that is?
0: Yeah, my my total inches—I've killed uh, five bucks this year in four different states, and my total my total gross—of course, nets are for fishes. My total gross is right at is a little over seven hundred and ten inches. Wow! For the season of this past winter, which you know, keep picking on me, I have to come to Alabama and, and add it on up some more.
1: So, yeah, hey, but, come on, man. So so that's what what was your average this year? I'm trying to do the math in my head and I don't think I'm gonna be able to uh
0: four is it forty six, something like that, one forty forty six point something or something something of that wow. nature. Mid one forties as an average. So
1: That's that's uh that's a heck of a year, man. That's a heck of a year.
0: Oh god, yeah, it's it's it was and it happened. I killed those I killed my three biggest just I mean, bang, 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 just like it, it just, just all of a sudden. I, I killed the one in Indiana on the 11th of November. Uh, we skipped the very next morning because it was so late and raining. Uh, headed over to Ohio. So uh, one day later, I killed the next one. He was a 150-inch eight-pointer. The one I killed in Indiana was 156. I think I killed him on what? The fourteenth, I guess that would be. It was thirteenth. Then uh, wasted the next day back in India. Didn't waste it. Went back to Indiana. Had to cape out and uh, skull plate my Indiana buck because we're not allowed to bring them back to Tennessee because the CWD thing. Mm-hmm. So got all that done. Got back <coughs> worked uh, for about three days, and so it's like I was like I need to check try my Kentucky farm. And I wasn't in the tree twenty minutes, and I had that twelve. Point, I had my my twelve pointer walk up on me up there, coming into a wheat field that had a bunch of does on it, and I shot him. I mean, it was just my tree time was just almost nothing to kill those three deer. It was it's pretty amazing. That's but, crazy. I'm I'm just, sitting but, here. It's just how the stars align sometimes, you know. But
1: <clears throat> I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your Facebook page, and. Uh... And it, I mean, it is just like that. It's like one buck. Well, let's see. November third, November third, buck. November eleventh. Yeah, buck. I
0: was Tennessee. I was. And then I headed north. Yep.
1: November eleventh, you killed in Indiana. Uh, November thirteenth, Ohio. November twenty first, Kentucky. And then there's another. Yep. There's another picture on here of you with like six does. <laughs> We'll just limit it out that day oh, yeah. on does.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we do that every year. We, I got this big farm in Tennessee that's got a huge chunk of woods on it, and it's just surrounded by row crops, and it just gets full of does. I mean, it's got a lot of deer in it anyway, but, I mean, at any point it seems like there's 50 or 60 does in this in this woodlot, and we go in it kind of from this back side, this cow pasture side, uh, late season. And, and they won't leave. Like, you can shoot them, and they'll, you can shoot one and they'll just kind of run off and then, like, come back in 30 minutes, you know. So that's every year, late season, we do that. We go in there, and we call it the Sausage Fest, you know. So yeah, That's, that's awesome. all our sausage deer right there. <laughs> that's so
1: cool, man. I mean, it seems like, like, I mean, here's the deal. There's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of guys listening to this podcast that would do anything to go out and shoot. Three does, you know. I mean, just completely forget about all the bucks. They go out and shoot three does, and they've had a great season. And and yeah, this was the. A... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I was just gonna say, you know, go out and shoot three does is a great season for a lot of people, and that's like that was just kind of like an afterthought. Like, let's just go out and shoot some does
0: um after you've killed yeah.
1: five bucks. I mean, that's and I'm crazy. I'm
0: very fortunate. I got a lot of private ground in Tennessee uh to hunt just and it it comes from my work it comes from my family living in the same area for the last 150 years farming and stuff you know it's not that i don't own a whole lot most everywhere i hunt is hunted by other people you know which but you know once you hunt a place for 20 years and you got you know 10 or so of those you can usually bounce around and find a good deer you know you've got you you got options you know it's uh, I've always told some told people I'd rather have 10 20 acre farms than I had one 2,000 acre farm yeah every
1: day I would rather have that yeah I agree with that that's that's one of the reasons why I love hunting public land so much is because you know there's so much public land around you that you can go out and if I were concentrating all my time on you know one 500 acre piece of property that has basically one rut um it's got you know one type of terrain at this one farm that doesn't that's that's tough to do you you can't you, you know you can't go out for uh, a rut hunt in on one one time especially in alabama where our ruts so spread around like i could really go hunting public land i could hunt the rut all season long if i wanted to um and that's yeah, one of the I've reasons at why i like it
0: maps,
1: it's crazy yeah it is i mean it's like little pockets here pockets there it looks like a like a radar is what it looks like like a storm's coming through alabama on a radar and you just got different colors all over the place um i mean we've got a lot of the state Uh, i i guarantee you there are going to be uh there's going to be rut activity even after deer season is over here in alabama Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform, Go Wild, to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too. Like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3am wake up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your work day. A good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out com today. That's the word six followed by Day daygrindcoffeeco.com. Um... Which is just crazy. I, I remember last year, this past season, I went. Uh, this past turkey season, you're talking dirty to me. Yeah, I know, man. man um, you,
0: you make me...
1: it, it 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 does make it tough. <laughs> I mean, you get there in February and you you know you start feeling like, man, I want to I want to go out and hunt a rut. Well, you can. It's just crazy. Um, this past turkey season, though, I went out to a, a WMA um, for the opener, and it was kind of uh, South Central Alabama. And uh, we were out walking around, scouting for turkeys, and, like, this is, like, uh, March that we're out here. And, I mean, dude, there's fresh scrapes, fresh rubs all over the freaking place. And I know deer, I know deer, a lot of bucks will will uh, make scrapes all year long, but really during that yeah. uh, rut time is when you start finding... you get
0: finding a high intensity, something's going on, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, dude, there was there was so many freaking fresh rubs all over the place. Like if we would have counted, if we would have been really, really
0: looking,
1: I don't know how much the non-resident license is, but it's not much. You could, you come out here pretty, it's pretty affordable. Um, especially if you get like a three day or a 10 day or something like that, it's pretty affordable.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I'm just, and, and there's a lot of public land too. And, uh, it's just a, it's a cool state. I, I used to take it for granted and now I don't, I, I really am uh, thankful to live in a state like Alabama where, you know, I mean, your opportunities are really endless. I'm going to go on my last rut hunt, uh, February. I took three days off at the beginning of February, which how many guys do you know across the country who are saying, I'm going to take off for a rut hunt in February? <laughs> like Yeah. That, that's crazy. Thank you. Text me those dates when we get off phone I may, may try to make it happen heck yeah man that'd be that'd be cool it'll be really it
0: dude you're more than invited um I'm not above it, I promise you I, I'm pretty much <laughs> at liberty to do as I please when it comes to free time so so uh,
1: speaking of that i I'm I might in, do it. I'm interested to know so you are um we're, we're gonna talk about some of your tactics and stuff here in just a minute, but you know I mean being able to go out and do. Um, as much hunting as you do uh, I kind of want to know like your family life and your work life what do you do for a living um, how are you able to kind of set yourself up to be able to live this outdoor lifestyle like you do
0: well every day is outside for me I mean that's my job basically what we do is uh, basically I'm a logger but we do other things we do uh, uh, land clearing we do consulting on private farms and and different things of that but our our main bread and butter is is logging of mature hardwoods we don't do the pine type clear-cut stuff that y'all do have a lot of in alabama i know there's plenty of hardwoods too but uh our bread and butter is is logging okay and you know and and it all comes back to Mud season, you know, it it gets muddy and and we can't work, and that's a lot of why I get the free time to to hunt. But we work, my partner, we both we work six seven days a week when it's dry in the summertime. You know, twelve fourteen hour days because we know come Halloween, we're both we're done for about four weeks. We're going deer hunting. So. Yeah, and he killed an absolute giant this year as well. He killed a one seventy eight here in Tennessee actually. Uh, gum. A one seventy eight in
1: Tennessee. That's crazy. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, he, he's a giant. Yeah, hey, we featured him. We had a big scoring night one night on the bow league. We scored three or four bucks, and he was one of them featured on there. So That's pretty incredible. cool. And now, so do you own this
1: business? Is it is it something that you?
0: Yep. Own. Okay. Yeah, it it is a business that we we own together. uh I've been in the forestry industry pretty much all my life. sorry my throat's getting a little dry Uh, you're good went to college uh, I actually have a bachelors of science in geology and got out got out of college and you know did the whole working for the man thing and that I just never could get the whole hang of somebody telling me what to do so (laughs) I understand kind of got this started and we've been after it for several years now and we're doing doing real well growing every year and uh, just you know living the dream i guess you know that's that's <laughs> incredible i couldn't i couldn't picture it any other way i mean it's it, it's it's worked out amazing you know i guess it's absolutely it's funny how god works but it, it it's worked out great that's but, awesome so do you have
1: a do you have a family and things like that as well
0: i'm actually engaged to be married in may so okay uh, she made it through two deer seasons. Was my main selling point to to giving her a ring. So she's <laughs> she's definitely okay with the hunting aspects. You know, now that does... that was my main problem up till now. They they wouldn't make it through a deer season. <laughs> <laughs> how, now, how old are you?
1: I'm thirty six. Thirty six, man. So you did wait a long time to
0: yep. find the right one, didn't you? I did, man. Yeah. It's 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 been a struggle. I mean, it's it's been rough. I mean. It, not, not that like I've been like freaking out because I wasn't married or nothing, but uh, you know, it, it all comes down to hunting. I mean, it it it's something that you know you just want to know where I got it from. I mean, I was a little bit of kid. I mean, my dad had me in a deer stand when I was like three months old, just wow. wrapped up, just sitting there. You know, I mean, it. I, I killed my first deer when I was six <clears throat> with a gun. I killed my first one with a bow when I was nine, but but to get even more in depth with that i was shooting a recurve at nine years old and killed my first one with a bow so so you you shot your first definitely in
1: my it's in my blood you know you shot your first archery kill with a recurve yep when i was nine
0: years old nine years old wow that's pretty awesome that's cool well it's definitely in my blood
1: yeah absolutely so So, let me ask you this do you got a lot of people that think you're crazy because you love it so much
0: uh yeah you hear that and then you hear the must be nice thing you know yeah. all the time but, yeah must be nice you know it it, yeah you know but if if you love it that much you find out a way to do it you know it's absolutely there's nobody holding you back but yourself if, if you're really into it you know you you get another certification you get a better job make more money you know where you got more retirement more or more time off or you can build comp hours you know whatever you need to do but it, it if you don't have if you don't not into it that much you're not into it you know it's yeah it, well it gets there
1: you know I mean that could be that could be said about a whole lot of things you know some guy who works you know whatever 16 hours a day every single day and is making a killing making a ton of money well you know somebody could look at that from the outside in. Somebody like myself could be like, oh, hey, well, must be nice to be able to drive around that Corvette and buy a new Corvette yeah, every single that's right. year, you know, and, and and that's great. I'm like you. I have I have set up a lot of my life um, to be able to 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 deer hunt, you know, and I and I love it, and I love I love my job. I'm a pastor, uh, worship pastor. I'm in ministry, and I didn't go into ministry because it was a good job to be able to deer hunt with, but you know now a lot of my schedule a lot of everything is kind of revolved around that 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 season the deer season and I, and and that's fine mm-hmm. and and I, you know honestly i'm not looking i don't want to get my real estate license or or be a, a business owner you know in the in terms of like selling a product or doing anything like that like i don't want to because that would mean i wouldn't get to deer hunt nearly as much and uh and i'm not willing to give yeah, that part that's up right. You know, and so I think, I think a lot of people, you know, that maybe they're not into deer hunting, but maybe they're into golf or maybe they're into something else. And you just, you prioritize those things, you know? Um,
0: Yeah. Everybody's got something. And I mean, you gotta, you got other aspects in your life you gotta take care of, but you know, you, you might, a lot of people sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays and, 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 but you know, if you got up and took care of the other things in your life your family stuff and all that you might have more time you know but it, and that's fine if that's how you are you know you you just people just you can't judge yourself by other people and that's 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 just what the a Absolutely. lot of the world's problem is in my my aspect but yeah
1: yeah so anyway. you got so you found <laughs> you one you found your woman that is okay with deer hunting especially the volume
0: yeah now does she deer hunt as well Yep. Uh, she never has. I've actually, t- I actually took her a few times this year and, and I mean, I straight up threw in the briar patch, throwed a stand on her back and <laughs> made her climb up and, and everything. And she watched one, uh, it was late December, I guess, mid December. We had Leavitt, like a big herd of does come in. I shot the biggest one. <clears throat> she like, she filmed that stuff just with her cell phone and, and I let this little group of does just stand there forever in the cornfield, just waiting for this big one to get just right. And I shot it, and turned around, and asked her, "I was like, what do you think with that?" She's like, "Like it's not what I expected." And she's like, "My leg won't quit shaking." I'm like <laughs> now you understand why we look why we chase that feeling nonstop, don't you? She's like, "I get under- I get it now." Yep,
1: it's you like adrenaline. She never
0: killed nothing, and, and and she had that huge adrenaline rush. She's like, "My leg." I don't
1: understand. My legs won't quit shaking. <laughs> Dude, I had <have> that. <laughs> well, I still get that, man. It's crazy. I still got that about a yearling if doe you that don't, pops you out. You need to quit. You know. Yep that's that's exactly true. So, um, so that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm happy for you. Congrats. When are you guys getting married? Uh, May second. May second.
0: Yeah. Perfect the time. Very last of turkey season in in Tennessee. So uh, all my guys that have that are coming, I told them I'm gonna take everybody turkey hunting that morning. So absolutely, I'm gonna kind of lay off lay off some of my farms late season and and spread everybody that's coming in that I went to college with and stuff on on turkeys that that morning. I figure if I gotta make them skip a day of turkey season, I need to help them out some. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a uh, man. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm like you, man. Like my wife, she. Uh, we just, we had our second baby, a little boy, this pat in 2019, so this past year, in July, and uh, I remember, yeah. I remember talking about, with her, like, hey, she was saying, when are we going to have a baby, I'm be like, well, you're going, we're going to have to do this thing quick, otherwise, you know, you're going to get pregnant, and the baby's going to be born in deer season, so, uh, we're going to yeah, have to no do good. this <laughs> thing quick, we can't, we can't do that, we barely missed it with our, our first little girl um her birthday is february the 22nd so in alabama that's like 12 days after the last day of deer season so we made it through that one and i was like we just got to make sure that this second one is is not deer deer season because man i'd hate to miss i'd hate to miss their birthday every year (laughs)
0: Yeah, it'd be you know, I wouldn't miss it, but you know that'd be
1: yeah, man. Like, I, I,
0: we're we're going deer hunting for your birthday. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope you like deer hunting because we're going, dude. I'm telling you, my little girl right now is eat up with some deer hunting. Like she freaking loves it. Every morning, I wake up. What do you want to do today? Or she wakes up and I say, What do you want to do today? Go hunting. And she's two and a half. So I mean, for her to be that into it as she is, yeah. like it's just really cool to see. Um. Yeah, so so uh, when I when I first asked you about coming on the podcast, um, I asked you a couple things. I said, you know, what are some of the things that really that you would say your success could be directly, directly attributed to? And uh, and you gave me some answers that I that I thought were really good. Um, but I'm not going to give the answer. I'm going to ask you that question again. Um, and so we can kind of just talk through this what are some of the things that you believe that you are successful for? Like, I mean, you killed 710 inches or whatever it was and on, man, just some really good bucks. Obviously, there's some things that you're doing in that that I want to talk about. But if you just right mm-hmm. off the top of your head, what are a couple of the things that you would say um, you would give that success to?
0: Uh, you must hunt where they exist first. That's probably the number one rule. But and that's a lot of the reason I travel to the Midwest, which you can kill mature deer in other places. But if we're talking about big rack deer, you know, you got to go where they live. Sure. But uh, a huge amount of it is experience. You know, it, it's that that picking that one tree. You know, instead of instead of sitting the big white oak, you know, forty yards off the thicket where all the does are, and you you see the biggest deer of your life walk in that thicket you climb the scraggly pin oak that you can get 12 foot off the ground in the edge of a thicket and you arrow him instead of watching him walk by, you know, it's just little bitty things like that, whether it's uh, vegetation transitions or even uh, transition terrain terrain transitions, you know, it's people tend to sit where it's easy, you know, and that ain't where big deer walk. Yeah. You know, they, they just don't, I mean, they didn't get big by being, by doing that, you know, they, a lot of them have been shot at and winged, and you know, walked right in, got a nose full of human scent, and in certain places, and they they learned, you know, they they they're just like we are, you know, they're learning every year, and every year that that they get a little older, it's a little bit harder.
1: So. Yeah. So so to be able to see some of those things, obviously, it doesn't start by the, you know, it's not during deer, deer season that you're finding these areas, and it's not. Like like we talked about earlier, this is a three sixty five thing. So, um, what is your oh yeah? What is your I mean, like digital scouting on maps? What is that? How does that kind of um, unfold for you?
0: Uh, I mean, a lot of it is you know everybody uses you know Onyx or hunt stand or something like that, you know, to kind of get your property boundaries. Uh, then a lot of it is there's there's a few areas you can zoom in. On Onyx, and you get actual true bird's eye, you know, you can mm-hmm. see the, the the terrain with the leaves off, you know, uh, a lot of that, a lot of e-scout, and I find a lot of places, you know, you're looking at a huge chunk of ground, you know, and you pick out five or six of those, and we'll actually walk in and mid-June, hang cameras, you know, in the middle of public and, you know, walk 20 miles, you know, when it's 100 degrees hanging a ton of cameras just try to find an area that we know is target rich i guess it has a population mm-hmm. uh when we're hunting in up there in indiana all my public up there it's big big woods you know so and your deer aren't it's just like um it's just like you go fishing you know your deer all your fish are in 10 percent of the water yeah it's the same with the deer you know you got a thousand acres all of them they're not spread across that evenly like a peanut butter sandwich you know, they're, they're just not there. That's not how it is. You've got mm-hmm. pockets.
1: Yeah. And
0: you've got to find where your populations are living to actually get into them, you know, actually. And that's probably the biggest aspect when it comes to that uh, hunting public ground for me is finding higher densities. Because, you know, the more deer I have, the more likely I have of there being an older age class deer there. It's just simple, yeah. simple statistics. Which
1: is, which is something that I don't do enough. Um, which it sounds like you know running cameras is a big huge part of your your whole strategy is to find those areas that that is target and rich. It's,
0: yeah, it's that, and I mean cameras is a usually cameras is the second step. The first step is we're gonna find it in the next three months while before green up. Uh, yeah, I love shed hunting. I don't find a whole bunch. My dog finds quite a few. Uh, but just recognizing that sign and transitional places you know we we just you know try to ruin a pair of boots in the next couple months when we're not able to deer hunt just just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and you know go to places you normally you that are kind of out of the way or don't 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 seem like they would be that good you know you find that one little pocket of deer you know that that filter off this long ridge and then go down this creek valley and feed in this farmer's hayfield you know yeah it only takes one too you know absolutely you're not and there's just and then you know that that'd be a lot of our public ground you know but then when i'm hunting tennessee my my tactics totally change it's all uh mri you know your most most recent information it's all cell cameras and sitting and watching crop fields and sitting and watching you know bean fields and what the farmer says he's seen yesterday or you know it's all that because we're just hunting little little snippets of ground here little little clump 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 little ditch you know in middle tennessee a lot of it is you know it's no big woods it's just little clumps so yeah if you're hunting where he was last week you're not hunting where he is today you know that it's just you got to have a broad spectrum of tactics and knowledge to, to be able to do it year in year out and all season you know early season totally different
1: do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you know me you know that i love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast when you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting TetheredNation.com today. That's TetheredNation.com. Check them out. That was going to be my next question, too. So, um, I've, I've definitely... Done that like winter scouting, post season scouting, before the green up, before before turkey season and stuff like that. I've I've definitely done that. Um, I know in a lot of the big woods areas that I hunt, though the the sign really starts to to dry up in in those big woods areas, and so I've found it to not be super beneficial to scout. You know, because when I'm scouting. Um, I'm expecting what I'm, my, my, my desire is to be tagged out, uh, before the end of the rut, right? Like, obviously I want to know where yeah. the deer are at for late season, just in case, but I want to be tagged out before the end of the rut. That's my goal every single year. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this year my goal changed, you know, I wanted to be tagged out on, on respectable deer by that point. But when I, what I found is that late season scouting is really only beneficial for me, if I am looking for old rubs and old scrapes and things oh, yeah. like that, um, but not yep, necessarily. That's what you're looking for, a lot of it, yeah. So is that kind of what you're doing? Are you looking for that, like, that rut sign when you go in yeah, postseason? Yeah,
0: you want to see that big sign, you know, those signpost you know, rubs, you know, generally where you know it's been, and it can be a two-year-old, it doesn't have to be, in my opinion, big deer don't always rub big trees. Yeah, the Little deer can rub big trees too, but. You know, you want to, you know, you see that big rub that's been hit multiple times from both sides. You know, you, it's been several decent bucks, whack, you know, rub on it a little bit here and there, you know. And, and we walk the same places year, year in, year out. Because we want, you know, hopefully pick up the sheds from one we've seen or one we didn't know was there. And then killing, you know, just the, just the history to kill one is, is really cool in my mind as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, you know, if we see those rubs on those same same areas two or three years in a row, you know you're something's going on there, you know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, I need to be here at some point when these rubs are, should be happening, you know. Like, they're here for a reason. You know? Yeah. And it's not, you're not looking for, you're not looking at field edge scrapes and stuff like that. We're talking about in-cover sign, you know, where a deer would be in daylight. You know, we're not hunting the jury farm where he's going to walk out in a green pot, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've never seen that happen. <laughs> I know that.
0: Yeah, I'm not hunting in a dreamland for sure. You know, I have <clears throat> I killed one good deer out in a field, and he'd come out of a picket of a cornfield uh, right after it had been cut, and, you know, nobody had been there since the combine come through three weeks before, you know, so. Yeah. It, it, it's just a. That's just a, a fantasy land, in my opinion. Well, and that, it makes it really
1: easy to get distracted. So, I've been hunting Kentucky the last two years, and you go out there, and uh, the first year I hunted it, I hunted it three different parts of the season. So, I hunted it that early season when they were still in velvet in September, then I hunted it in middle October, and then I hunted it again in January. And, um, yeah. I mean, you go out there, man, and we, and we also scouted it in July that year. And you go out there and you just find rubs, old rubs, old scrapes. There's just so much stinking deer sign especially concentrated around those, you know, uh those feeding areas. And so um when I mm-hmm. went out when I went out in January of that year, dude, there were just rubs and scrapes on every corner it seemed like of some of those cornfields and bean fields, and it made it really easy to get distracted on that sign, that was probably made at night. Like, honestly, it probably wasn't made in the daytime. Yeah,
0: I guarantee it's very, I mean, most of it probably was. For, um, you know, a, a big mature deer, I mean, there's two-year-olds leave a lot of time because this is their first year that they're they're really, yeah. you know, they're above somebody. You know, it's, it's your first manager type deal. You know, they're usually, you know, got their chest blowed out, something to prove, you know, so. They leave a lot of sign. I mean, they really do. Yeah. And a lot of it's there. And I mean, you're, and that's, a lot of times that's a perfectly great deer for somebody too, you know? Yeah, sure. I Absolutely. mean, I, I got guys who hunt with me. Some of my best friends, you know, I'm like, do not walk deer that i walk. Shoot some stuff. You know, you, like. If you knew how many spikes and six pointers I killed back in the day <laughs> yeah. to get, you know, to make it to here, I mean, it, it's just have fun, you know. Don't don't compare yourself to other people. Shoot some stuff. Well, and that's that's you know, something that a
1: lot of guys get distracted by too, is the size of the deer. And I've had a lot of conversations in the last two weeks about this. Um, but like a guy like you, uh, you know, you didn't just start out shooting big bucks. You started out shooting smaller deer, does, and things like that, where you know, you can really build your confidence in your equipment that way. If if a uh, 150 was the first deer I ever got a shot at with a bow, I guarantee you I would have missed or wounded it. But luckily for me, that wasn't the first deer that walked out in front of me when
0: I had a bow in my hand. Oh, yeah. It was a doe. And now i Yeah, I mean, that's one of our biggest sayings is shoot more does to kill big bucks. Yeah. It's not, it's not to make that population different, but you've got to be able to perform when it happened, you got to know your equipment, you know, you got to make that shot. And I mean, that's another aspect, you know, I was telling you the other night, I do all my own bow work. You know, I got to press, I do everything. And I'm not a, like I'm not a I can, you know, I can hit that two inch hole. You know, I can, I can take the long ball if I need to. I mean, I've killed some deer farther than what, you know, most people ever will. Yeah. And it, it, it's just, it's just, It's just being on top of your game across the board, you know, you can't, you can't draw back and twist your peep with your, you know, your nose every time before you shoot. That's just not acceptable if you're going to, you know, kill a bunch of deer and be at the top of your game, you know.
1: Definitely. So, so kind of in that, in that, uh, in that same vein. So, uh, another thing that I've been really talking about to a lot of people is an arrow setup. What does your arrow setup normally look like?
0: Uh, pretty heavy. I'm shooting about uh 520 grains. I uh, really like the Eastern Axis, and I use the brass inserts with those, so you know, add some front weight. Uh, I do shoot beyond what most people would think. I shoot a big expandable. Uh, stay off the shoulder. You know, a lot of people, you know, they hate on that. <laughs> six rib back shot because a lot of times you have to let that deer lay yeah uh but it's way better than him running off with arrow on the shoulder and you never seeing him ever again
1: yeah
0: you know so uh, and i shoot a big expandable three blade i feel like you know that extra blade if it nicks that one artery that i needed to go into the liver to to find that deer pretty easily then so be it i, I have plenty of energy most of my arrows are stuck in the ground behind the deer Uh, I shot, I went 11 for 11 this year. I shot 11 deer with 11 arrows. Good Uh, Lord. 11 deer. That's crazy. So, I mean, and I'd say, uh, probably all but two or three were stuck in the ground behind the deer and that would have been, you know, extreme angles or, you know, 50 yard does, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: and I, I I totally agree with you. I think knowing your equipment is is one of the most important aspects, and that's one thing that I've been trying to get better at. Because if I'm just being super transparent, like I haven't done my due diligence in um, learning my arrow setup and learning what arrow setup is good for my bow and things like that, like I'm I'm really mm. I've really been challenged. Because while <coughs> you're eleven for eleven, I killed three with my bow this year. And I've probably released like nine arrows. Um, only one of those. Oh man! Yeah, I, I released a lot of arrows. Like it's I'm, I'm pretty ashamed to say that. And part of it is because, and I've talked about it on the show before, but I tell you, I uh, I decided to switch to a fixed blade broadhead this year, and I you know yeah. for me I thought I was doing my due diligence. I mean I really practiced. I worked. I got it tuned. Actually, I got it tuned twice because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. The first time, I mean, I really, really worked hard at making these uh, fixed blade broadheads work, but it just always seemed like something would happen on every shot, and the shot would just do something goofy. And uh, and sure enough, you know, a lot of the times, like
0: yeah, flight problems, or yeah, there
1: was some flight problems. And uh, and and honestly, dude, I know what it is. It was my arrow setup wasn't right for my bow and I was trying to force something that I needed to do a little more work on. And, uh, and so yeah. I have really been challenged this year to, to do that. Now, granted, like I, I capitalized on, on some of the ones that I really needed to capitalize on, but you know, I shot at several does that I just, I only wounded one. Um, and it was definitely not a fatal wound. Like it was like a leg hit. And so that was, that was, uh uh-huh. I hadn't wounded one in a while before this year. And, uh, I wounded that one and I, man, it, it, it was just, it ate me up, man. I hated it, but I think it was kind of that extra push to, you know, Hey, Parker, you need to really work on this. Like, this is something that you've got to work on yeah. for this next year.
0: And so I think that's a
1: huge thing, man. Yeah, I, I mean, mean,
0: you got, you got any serious questions. I mean, just hit me up. I mean, I've, I've been at this a long time. I mean, I've, she she shot a lot of tournaments. I, I used to staff shoot for Bowtech back in my teens. Uh, okay. And, I mean, we done done a lot of traveling and tournament shooting and stuff. So I mean, if you you need any help with that, I mean, I can I can definitely point give you some pointers. I mean, I'm not a guru by no means, but I can make my bow shoot good.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean,
0: I'm not gonna go win the world tournament or nothing, but you know, I'm gonna kill yeah. my deer for sure.
1: Yeah, so, and you know, for me, uh, I ended up towards the end of uh the last time well really the last time i hunted with my bow this season uh i shot a deer and i shot a doe and i had just switched back to mechanicals because i thought you know i would rather and my bow is shooting just fine using mechanicals uh it was really just that fixed blade that was that was kind of messing things up and uh i thought you know i would way rather hit my mark and shoot a mechanical than be able to punch through a shoulder with a fixed blade but hit the the leg you know what i mean like it just didn't make a whole lot of sense yeah that's right so so i did that i mean that's another
0: thing i tell people you know they the whole the big broadhead argument it don't matter if you hit them right it don't matter right right kill them with a field point i mean if you hit them right it's so not bleed good and might not be within 20 yards but sure it don't matter if you hit them right yeah so you talked
1: about that, you know, making sure your bow setup was right, and that well, that's one thing that you're, um, you know, kind of a, a stickler about is making sure that you're familiar with your bow, uh, but you mentioned something earlier in the podcast, and you talked about finding the right tree. Now, um, before I ask you really how you're doing that, um, I know for me, I've been in that situation before that you, that you talked about where, you know, you're you're hunting the the most sign so you've got a maybe a creek crossing um that's got just eat up with deer tracks um and you sit there and maybe you see some small bucks and some does and then you see the buck 100 yards away walking the side of a ridge and you don't have any shot at him so i've been there and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people listening to this this podcast right now have probably been in that situation what are you looking for when it comes to
0: being in the right tree (laughs) A lot of times for me, uh, you can get, you net ask Ben One of my favorite quotes is X marks the spot. Uh, I want two transitions to be coming together. I don't want to hunt one edge or, or, you know, which I feel like that just ups your probabilities just oh, a yeah. little more that he walks there. You know, even if he misses you, he may be back through there. Uh, later on that same day you know if oh, you're yeah. on you know a double transitions where you can head another direction and a lot of it is you know that and i find that on arrows you know a, a, a hard edge with this and then a saddle or a, a major creek crossing and then you know three three ridges running into one single toe that come to that creek crossing you know something of that nature you know not just a not just a single
1: aspect if that makes sense yes it does um, that's so for me this year that has been a huge thing i've i've been and i've talked about it on the on the podcast in the past is i've been trying to find those common denominators so whether i see a deer on the side of the road while i'm driving i may pull up on X maps and try to figure out why why is that deer there and um, you know, kind of listing out all of my encounters that I've had with bucks this year. And it almost always seems like there is some type of transition, whether from a, a hardwood to pines or a clear cut to hardwoods or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, maybe it's an overgrown field, um, and, uh, in pines or something somewhere there's a hard transition. I'm not talking about a subtle transition. I'm talking about a really, really hard transition. And I'll give you an example. Yep.
0: But go ahead. Find find the find the second edge too. You know, you see you got that one edge. Follow that edge until it hits another hardwood or a creek or Mm -hmm. or something of that nature. And you're essentially you got two two hard edges coming together. And you may have you know, it may be three different ones. But that the whole kind of the X martial spot thing is what I really look for. And then when it then when you get there Um, there's really nothing I can tell you that's going to help you in that aspect. It's going to come down to experience and and gut feeling as to exactly which tree, you know, like we had a guy that hunted with us a lot this year. He's kind of a newbie and, and he just wasn't seeing, he was seeing deer, just wasn't seeing much, wasn't seeing much. And like, I finally realized he was sitting on the very, very tops of ridges, Yeah, you know, and you just, most, you find most trails, they're not on the top, they're on the sides, and it's due for escape route reasons, and wind direction, too, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just easier to get away if they're on the side of a hill, you know, they're just bang off the bluff, you know, basically, yeah, and or, <clears throat> and there's a constant wind on top, on, on a side hill, versus on the top, on the top, you get a lot of swirling, almost as if you're in a bottom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but And I think people and, get distracted by like, the
1: sign that's on the top of ridge.
0: I see a lot of sign. They do. You know, yeah, there's kinda of like a field edge, you know, big yeah. open ridge top, you know, it it's gotta be something to neck them down, you know, it's yeah. And it can be very subtle too. I mean a blow down tree on a ridge can can do wonders. It can narrow a hundred yard ridge down to a fifty yard shooting lane. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I've noticed the same thing, and in, 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 and now I kind of understand what you're saying when you say X marks the spot. Um, man, even, I was going to give this example, uh, you know, late season here in Alabama, um, after the rut, and so if you're hunting an area that's, the rut's already passed, it can be really tough. So, my area that I normally hunt, the rut's, you know, in that early December range, and so, when you get to January, it's really hard to, to find bucks, but... I start concentrating on that really, those really thick transitions. And I'll give you an example. There was a, a clear cut um, with like some some pines in it that was probably about three years old. And it was on private land. Yeah. And then there was a, a hard edge to another clear cut that the pines in there were a lot taller. It was probably a 10-year-old clear cut. And then on the public side, those were both on private, on public it was super super thick um hardwoods like really thick understory probably had never been burned it was kind of a secluded spot and and that is exactly right there where those those three met is where those deer came out i saw two bucks that that day that night and yeah and that's mm-hmm. exactly where they came out at and i find that that's one of those common denominators that i've been finding is that those three or four way transition lines, especially from vegetation, are huge. They're big, man.
0: And it and it may just up it, you know, the sighting slash movement by ten percent. You know, it may just be that that one little nudge, but that's all it takes, you know, just to yeah. be slightly above average, you know, and then, you know, you're you're just you, where you know, say t- say where. 10% more of a deer walk than a normal edge, you know, and so that just ups your percentage that he's going to come through that that transition somewhere checking, you know, scent checking, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a, and a lot of times uh, if you look at that, you know, find those transitions places that are kind of egg-shaped, it gives them multiple directions to go uh, on cover slash terrain instead of just Following one edge, you know. Yeah. It's just, it just helps the percentage just a little bit. And each one of those, each one of those
1: transitions, too, offers something. So maybe one of them offers food, the other offers bedding, the other offers, you know, whatever, cover. Um, You know, that just, yeah, that's right. It's a reason why they can be there. And, you know, I think that's, that's a huge thing that I've been trying to drive home to people is, uh, is those, finding those transitions and the more transitions you can find in one spot, the better, like, man, I, that makes me really happy to hear uh, you say that. Cause I'm hearing you talk about it and, and realizing that the things that I'm kind of learning and things that I'm kind of realizing are, um, man, mm-hmm. it's, it's good stuff. And I think if a lot of guys would, would really start putting that stuff into play, man, <laughs> there's no telling what kind of bucks you'd be seeing, and deer you'd be killing yeah, I mean, it's that, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that that
0: with getting in with access is another, you know, access is huge too. Of course, you can't always have a quiet access, but if there's any way you can get in somewhere without bumping deer, boogering deer, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you need to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a pile of buck. I slipped down a little, little farm road, and I had a railroad track, an old abandoned railroad track, and I walked down it for, you know, a long ways, probably half a mile. Before I ever, and then, I mean, I wasn't far off of it. And, uh, you know, just up the tree, just quiet as could be, you know, kind of back door, away from the crop fields. And then I was all in a deer. And then the Indiana deer, the biggest one, <clears throat> I come in off of a kind of a crappy field, old hay field. that had uh, a creek behind it, but that creek is a super steep bluff, almost a, I mean, a near had to slide down it slid down it, and then walked down this creek along that bluff side and then up a toe of a ridge to get on the, the main ridge system where I knew those bucks were staying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, it, it was more work, but for sure pouring down rain and snowing, but, you know, I was all up in the business and they had no idea.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one thing that I think a lot of people overlook is is the actual access. Windy days. Yep. I love hunting windy
0: days. Love it.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Below,
0: Go ahead. Yeah, and a lot of it is, you know, I could, you can just walk right in their bedroom if you know if you know a good spot, you know, like man, there's always bucks down on this ridge, you know, but you know, there's no way to hunt it. You just walk right up in their business if you got a real windy day, and 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 get close, you know, get within that daylight movement zone, you know, a lot yeah. of bucks. Have those places where they can observe everything. Even if they get up an hour before dark, they can observe it, hear it, and see it. Uh, in that get up, mill around, work work some acres, and you know hit some scrapes. And and never be where they didn't couldn't observe before it got dark. You know, so yeah. You got a windy day, you can slip up a little side drain and and be just right on top of them. You know, it's. I love wind. It's one of my favorite days. I see 15, 20 mile an hour. I'm in it. I'm all over it.
1: Yeah, because regardless, I mean. A lot of
0: people hate wind too, you know, and and that's a huge, I find it funny. Like, you know, you see, you just watch a page, like, is it worth hunting today? It's going to be windy. And everybody's like, no, I never see deer. I'm like, because you're hunting a bean field, a field edge, and, you know, you're not in the bedroom, you know, take that wind and get back in there and and get on them. Yeah. and I'm pretty aggressive with my tactics too, and that has to do with having been able to go other places. You know, you can't do that on the same 20 acres over and over. Yeah. But uh, just regular, I'm very aggressive. Like I'm, I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna screw it up and move on to the next place. You know, so one or the other.
1: Yeah, and that was going to be kind of my next question on on how aggressive you are because. Um, you know going into super aggressive yeah some of those transition areas yeah. you know usually one of them is a thick bedding cover type area and so being aggressive and using that using that wind like that's a that's a pretty aggressive mm-hmm. tactic to use
0: oh yeah yeah it's it's you know it's and it's the uh, it's the privilege of having multiple places to go you know like and I might hunt a deer a little different if it's here in Tennessee, you know, I've got quite a few places, but I won't have, you know, but a couple big deer, you know, and so I'm hunting, you know, just chunks of woods. So I'll be a lot more conservative here versus, you know, hunting my public ground, you know, up north, or whatever. I'll dive right off in it. And, you know, if, if I ain't done it in a day or two, I I'll just move to the next place, you know? So. Yeah. So you talk
1: about going into a place with you know really aggressive and trying to be as quiet as possible i'm interested to know you know and and really getting up close and into their bedroom i'm interested to know what what style of hunting you're doing and what i mean is like what type of uh elevated method are you using whether it be saddle climber uh lock on stand anything like that and kind of tell me why you've chosen that method uh
0: my most of my hunting is done out of a climber, uh, not, and I am researching and looking for lighter options, but, uh, I stay in pretty good shape with my work and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big guy, but I'm, I've always been pretty strong. I don't have no problem toting a heavier sand. And that's kind of stupid to say, but not, <laughs> I like the stability of a climber, uh, and i've and i've been you know you get you climb so many trees in a year it's just like with anything you do something for so long you get so good with it you know you're just super quiet you know super fast you know every every move is the exact same when i walk up to a tree i set it this way i unhook this you know every step is the exact same and i mean i'm up a tree just crazy fast you know and yeah and it's because i've done it so long i mean you just kind of stuck in your ways i guess sure but uh, i i am on a research quest for something to figure out something lighter but i don't know if it would be saddle or or what but and i may just try to stay in shape but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know hey i but had I, a guy it it, do, it does hurt on some of those you know mile and a half two mile hikes sure up north on public i mean it's not it's not the easiest thing for sure but yeah i mean i'm just kind of stuck in my ways with a climber uh
1: what kind of climber are you using
0: so comfortable i sit daylight to dark if i'm not if it's during the rut you know if i go to a tree i'm going to be there all day you know and just it's just the way i've always done it if that's a good enough answer yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) you know what uh what kind of climber do
0: you use uh, i've always used i've always used a summit okay. not a summit api i'm sorry api uh,
1: i've
0: always used a an api a, and they just seem to have a, a summit's a great stand but the difference in them is the and even even your lone wolf your, your your that chain is a little stiffer so it seems to climb rougher bark trees if you need to you know and that, yeah. that's the only difference that i've really noticed in it and it, they all they all have their they all have their pros and cons and it's all back to what I got used to. I mean, I got to hunting out of one when I was, you know, an older teenager and just what I've been in it's, you know, sure. it's, it's done me well.
1: Well, so. yeah, it's not like <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's uh, hindered your ability to kill big bucks. That's for dang sure. Um, but No, not at all. Hey, i tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've got an extra saddle um if you come down to alabama here in the (laughs) next couple weeks i'll let you hunt out of that that
0: week and and uh see how you like it i would i would love to try it i mean in all honesty i've me and ben are both we're both doing a lot of research on this just you know we are getting a little older and trying to trying to extend our time and distance you know but I I would definitely be interested in trying it if I'm you know, had the had the proper teacher, you know. I wanna sure. try it in the yard, you know, things like that. It's not something you wanna just absolutely you know, go do lickety spit and end up getting hurt, you know.
1: So. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. Well yeah. that's that's
1: interesting. Um I'll be honest with you, I thought you were hunting out of a saddle already, so I was really I was really asking you that question to further you know drive home the point that a saddle's the way to go and he said a climber and i was like oh okay well that's cool too i mean here's the oh, deal yeah here's the really? deal a climber has killed a lot of deer there's been a lot of deer killed out of every type of climber and i mean it's it's not a bad way to hunt like we talk about saddles a lot on this on this podcast because that's what i do and that's yeah what,
0: yeah i've heard y'all yeah y'all are and i mean that and it all comes back to what you get good with and you're efficient with you know absolutely I mean, that's a, absolutely. And, and,
1: and there's a lot of guys who try a climber and they hate it or try a a saddle and they hate it. Um, and so, you Uh know, I mean, and that's okay. That's, that's just goes back to, you know, the method of what we're doing. It doesn't matter, man, as long as we're out in the woods, enjoying the outdoors, um, hunting legally, doing it all legally. Like that's, what's important. And, and every once in a while you meet some people who are just really, really stinking good at it. And uh and that's why I wanted you ha- to have you on the show, man. I think I think we've covered a lot of really good stuff. Um, but kinda just to wrap us up, um, maybe in a nutshell, this may be maybe even like a cliff notes version of of this whole episode, but if there were three things that you could just name right off the top of your head that you would say, This these are three reasons why I have been successful as a deer hunter, what would those three things be?
0: Uh Number one is hours in a tree. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I can take off as much time as I want. And I spend a lot of time. I mean, it. it's, it's, it comes down to that. If you're not, if you're not there that one day he's there, then, you know, you're not going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think now number two is it, it's equipment. I mean, I mean, uh, I've had a ton, I, I hunt with a lot of people. You know, we, we take a lot of people. Uh, we gave that hunt away and brought that uh, brought a friend in. Uh, well, a guy would give a, we drew a name out of a hat essentially out of about 500 people and gave a hunt away for to hunt with us on Indiana last year. He didn't know his equipment very well and shoulder shot a big deer at 30 yards, you know, and I think he missed another one those three days he was there, you wow. know i would have killed both you know i can't say i guarantee it but you know if you miss those one or two opportunities you have a season you know you didn't your your year's horrible versus the greatest year of your life you know yeah if you don't know your equipment you can make that shot so uh let's see and number three hunting where they are you know don't don't waste your time if you if you don't think there's a big deal there uh move on i mean if you're you're hardcore and want to kill big deer you know and you're on a place and you know you've been there a day and you hadn't even you hadn't seen the you know two days hadn't seen the first good sign uh don't be afraid to go somewhere different you've never been you know yeah that's half of the, half of it is the journey i mean it's mm-hmm. just getting out there and seeing you know, you was, one of those little cliff notes you, you asked me about earlier is like, how many times do I hunt the same tree? Basically, never. Like, maybe from year to year, I might hunt the same tree the next year, but I hardly will ever, ever, ever be in the same tree in, a, in an entire season. And that's another one of my little quotes. It's like, somebody asked me, do, <clears throat> even if it's just doe hunting, I'll go hunt somebody, you know, when I'm tagged out. I'm like, yeah, I love to see different trees, you know? Like, yeah. I love to see different places, you know? So, yeah it's just a hunt, hunt where there's big deer you know
1: that's uh that's it that sounds,
0: <laughs> that sounds easier said than yeah, done
1: that sounds easier said yeah i mean
0: <laughs> you know it's i've spent a long time getting getting to where i can do it and i mean it's it's not the easy thing it takes time and and learning so Man, a, lot of it, a lot of it's gut feelings, you know, talking about picking that perfect tree. I mean, it's, it's being in that situation for, for the last 15, 20 years, you know, and, and having that gut feeling to get in the right spot, you know. It's
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of it's just instinct, you know, when it comes down to it, you know. Yeah. Everybody's seen that big deer walk up there and have the wind in your face, and for some reason he just turns around and walks off. Yep. You know, he's. You got that gut feeling, that slight gut feeling instinct, you know, it all comes back to
1: that. Yeah, and that, that you know, it seems like it all kind of goes back to that number one is spending time being out there. Every time you go, you learn something. That's right. And that's... Hours, you know. That's good stuff. Well, Hours and hours. <laughs> well, man, Matt, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. I think there was a lot of really, really solid information that was, uh, that was shared on here. And, dude, I hope... Yeah. I hope every single season continues to be as successful as this one was.
0: Man, if it is, I'm gonna have to write a book. I've, I've been getting on. some guys have been getting on to me uh, locally and stuff. Like, God dang, you need to write a book, man! Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know nothing. I'm just out here having fun, you know. And if I do this again, I'm, I'm gonna have to do something, you know, just to. Uh, I don't know what I would write other than what I just told you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, just start I guess your I have own to podcast. Really sit down and put some put some brainstorms to it. But anyway, well, yeah, good. man, I'll, I'm I think you might have teased me with a good time. I may have to try to come down there in the next few weeks if, if you're going to be hunting. it might go with you. Let's do it. That sounds like a plan to me.
1: Hey, yeah, I, let's do it. So instead Thanks. of uh, instead of saying, "Hey, I'll talk to you next time," I'll say, "I'll see you in a couple weeks when we go kill a big deer in Alabama."
0: Sounds good, man. All right, man. Sounds awesome. I'd love. I'd love to try it.
1: That'd be awesome, dude. Well thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth, so go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.